Good day, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Shadow Talk, brought to you by Digital Shadows. Uh, of course, I am Sean, as usual, and I'm joined by my plucky band of ransomware experts, Ivan and Austin. Good to be back, Sean. Yeah, Sean, nice to see you. Yeah, good to see your faces again, too. Uh, so, you know, every week we always joke that, like, we want we don't want to do ransomware, and then we find out that week that the top stories are all around ransomware. So it's just a never-ending cycle. Every week is ransomware week. That's just, that's just going to be the way it goes. Um, so a couple of quick little discussion bites, though, just to bring everybody up to speed. Uh, CISA actually just put out a bulletin, um, and actually a full page that's pretty interesting. It's actually a catalog of all the known exploited vulnerabilities. So super handy, especially for those defenders who are looking to prioritize patching, um, you know, trying to get some movement on vulnerability management for your organizations. Um, CISA was actually kind enough to put that all in one spot. So you can kind of see basically all the technologies that are affected currently, have current exploits, who's using them, uh, and a lot of other interesting notes. Um, and on the heels of that, uh, for all you Splunk users out there, um, Splunk's threat research team actually uh, worked up a, a accompanying page that includes all the information you need about all of those vulnerabilities. Um, so basically Splunk went and uh, set up detections that are based on those top exploited vulnerabilities. Um, you can read more about it. We'll actually include it in the show notes below. Um, that you'll see accompanying the podcast, but just so you know, it's out there, especially for all you Splunk users and defenders that are going to be looking into these things. Um, really good stuff. It should work, you know, hand in hand with detections and alerts and give you a little bit more context behind some of those vulnerabilities that are potentially being exploited out there still. Um, also, in another bit of news, because this is kind of one of my favorite groups, uh, Reveal reportedly has been shut down by U.S. Cyber Command. Um, if some of you have been keeping up on the news, there was uh, a lot of rumblings in the underground about uh, Reveal making another exit um, for kind of unknown reasons, although a lot of people were thinking potentially law enforcement uh, or even just the, the normal rebrand talk. But apparently um, the whispers are that it was the U.S. Cyber Command that did it. Uh, of course, nobody in Cyber Command or the FBI or anywhere else is able to confirm this officially, but that's the chatter that's out there. Um, it's actually showing up in the Washington Post and a couple of other outlets. So if you're interested, go take a look. But uh, it, kind of an important deal seeing big steps like this um, being taken by the US and other countries when you're bringing in um, kind of bigger players like a full cyber command. So interesting to see yeah, how this will play out. Bring up that, that story of Revel's infrastructure being disrupted literally broke like in the middle of our last podcast um <laughs> right. and we were talking about how revel may be back so may, revel may not be back um considering all the new developments so i uh, just wanted to put that in there that that um that take might not have been as good <laughs> as it could have been yeah that's what that, I, I remember joking about that 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 one certainly backfired on us like uh you know saying all this like Yep, rebrand everything else, and then it was like what ten minutes after we logged off the podcast that uh, that we saw the news. So good stuff. Uh, so sometimes we kind of get it not correct. Oh well. Um, so for our first topic, uh, and a fun play on words, Austin brings us grief. The ransomware group is getting NRA under the gun. So Austin, if you wouldn't mind talking to us about what happened with NRA. Yeah, grief, grief is under fire from 
uh, I'm sorry, the National Rifle Association is under fire from grief. Um, so those of you probably know the National Rifle Association as the NRA, uh, their US NGO. So on 27 October, um, just last week, they were named on Grief's data leak site, uh, on their ransomware data leak site. And you know, anytime an organization is named on the site, it typically means that the organization has been targeted in a ransomware attack. Uh, but what was interesting about this one is that um, it, they, the post disappeared from the site like two days later, only to reappear on November 1st. Um, there's not really any indication why that was. That could have been maybe there was negotiations going on and it fell through. Um, but in the wake of this, uh, security researchers found that a lot of Twitter bots were out amplifying the story. They were uh, adding the, the right ver Twitter verbiages. Uh, they were they were tagging security researchers and um, IT like cyber companies, basically trying to amplify the story and generate bad publicity towards the NRA. Um, the NRA didn't go as far as confirming that they had a ransomware attack, but they made kind of one of those blanket statements like the NRA does not discuss matters relating to its physical or electronic security. However, we take extraordinary measures to protect information. So it was like neither confirming or denying. Um, so now, um, yeah, we're just kind of watching how this plays out. So like that would that that was kind of the thing that sort of got me too was um, you know about the the bots on Twitter. Uh, have we ever seen any other instances before like this where you know attackers are basically turning social media against us and amplifying? Um, the message to maybe exert pressure or to otherwise kind of make things more public? Yeah, I've definitely seen it a lot more in disinformation campaigns, like nation state campaigns, you know, trying to spread a news story or spread disinformation. But we have also seen it with um, ransomware or data leak groups. Earlier this year, the Marquito group, they run the Marquito data leak site. Uh, they were adopting a pretty much the exact same tactic. They were um, tagging security researchers and they were actually tagging the companies whose data they had breached and you may see this with groups that don't really have a lot of credibility early on and they're trying to make a name for themselves uh and at the same time this public shaming strategy is just another way to exert pressure on a company so it's basically bringing it up to like quadruple extortion at this point potentially like you know if you start yeah, to throw ddos exactly. in the mix and everything else yes yeah, um, i mean it's like um they're running a simultaneous attack with an information operation which is kind of interesting way to think about it yeah yeah it, it kind of reminds me of uh when revel back in the day i remember there were reports that revel they targeted the printer systems of companies so that the ransom note would be printed on like every oh, printing right that they had so they, they just get creative with the uh, ways to you know put pressure on victims and make them appear as bad as it is I kind of want to start seeing meme accounts, like like meme meme demands. I think that's the next the next step. Personally, I'm, I'm making that forecast right now. Uh, so I think like one of the interesting parts is like you know you look at the NRA's you know recent history. There's been some legal troubles going on of various kinds. Like they're under investigation by the state of New York. Uh, there was some issues with bankruptcy handlings and you know allegations of corruption and different things going on. So you know, like given those recent woes and then the U.S.'s, you know, sanctions on Evil Corp or anybody associated with it, like, I feel like this kind of puts them in a, in a pickle since, 
you know, you might have potentially, you know, sensitive legal documents getting exposed, um, but then they can't pay the ransom. Um, so like, I don't know, what's the thought on that? Yeah. So, so as of right now, they've only leaked, um, they've leaked like endorsements for politicians. Um, they've, they've leaked corporate insurance information. Uh, but yeah, since you brought up this lawsuit, um, it's, it's a pending lawsuit, uh, from the New York's attorney general, basically alleging that NRA top executives were like misappropriating or misallocating millions of dollars. Um, you know, this is still pending. We don't know what the verdict's going to be, but if there was any information on the NRA servers previous to this lawsuit, that could be very damaging. And at the same time, as you mentioned, uh, grief is thought to be tied to evil core. Uh, for those of you that don't know, evil core is a Russian language speaking, Russian based cyber criminal group. They gained a lot of notoriety in 2019 for distributing Drydex malware. And so due to, due to that, they were sanctioned by the U S department of treasury financial sanctions and other sanctions. Um, and basically part of those sanctions said that if any group or any company, us-based company uh, decides to pay a ransom to evil Corps, then they could face a regulatory fine. So the NRA is kind of in a pickle in, in this sense. Um, for one, we don't know what other information grief is going to leak. And two, they don't really have a, <clears throat> an easy way out of this at the moment. Yeah. Do not envy them at all for this one. Um, yeah. And I mean, plus, you know, you have all those groups out there that have, you know, basically said that if there's any kind of work with third parties to negotiate settlements or any kind of like public disclosures or law enforcement, like they'll just leak it anyway. So it's like, they kind of lucked out that it wasn't necessarily those other groups, but at the same time, yeah, still in a, still in a rough spot. So actually, grief grief made a similar statement, um, saying that they, they posted this back in September, saying that if any you know company goes tries to get a third party negotiator or recover their data, then they threaten to just destroy the data completely. Um, I don't know if they've made good on that promise, but the threat is definitely out there. In this case, it would be quite a benefit to them, right? If there's if there are legal, <laughs> yeah, <posts>. maybe, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh God, no, don't delete it. Whatever you do, you know, I don't know. <laughs> That's the cynic in me. But uh, so you know, another fun news kind of around security. Uh, we just found out the other day, according to Krebs and a couple of other outlets, that I guess the Groove ransomware group was a hoax. Now, um, so that's an interesting little tidbit of gossip i guess for this week um so i guess ivan like i know you, you know you've been tracking a lot of these groups as far as like things that are going on in the news and stuff so now that everyone's calling them a hoax um like what i guess what did we know or what did we think groove was about up until literally yesterday or the day before yeah so groove was a data leakage website that they they were created by the developers of ramp uh, for those of you who don't know, Ramp is a cyber criminal forum that was just recently created. Uh, and this criminal forum is a place for ransomware groups and any ransomware related uh, discussions. So Groove was actually a very unusual data leakage website because instead of posting victims and exposing their data, uh, the site just had a lot of posts of the moderator uh, ranting about many different topics, such as the US government, Babook's source code being leaked, and uh, many other things. And now the owner, they're saying that this whole thing was just, you know, they wanted to get media attention and none of it was really real. Although there were some data leakages on the, on the website 
that were real or at, at the very least appeared to be real. Yeah, because uh, I I know one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting is like the, you know, they kind of went off about, like you said, the stuff about Babook's source code. And then there was the whole thing about the dark side and black matter controversy, um, you know, and so they almost kind of came across as like the guy just ranting in a bar, you know, like, you know, that probably had one too many and like, you know, wants to hear ACDC super loud and is just telling you an opinion on everything. Um and like, it seems like there's a lot of different like opinions out there about Groove. Like you had um, Katalin over at the record saying that, um, you know, they're not a big deal because, you know, they're they're kind of unskilled and, you know, Intel 471's out there saying that, um, you know, they they didn't make it big as, as big as some of the other groups. So they're changing the narrative basically. Um, so like, I guess what what's the likelihood any of these scenarios are correct? I mean, is it you know, are they truly a hoax? Like, is he just saying it or is it like, you know, smoke? Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to gauge the skill level of a threat actor, given the little information they have provided to us. Uh, they own a, the domain that was used to host the, the, the Babook data leakage website. So there is a probability that they are affiliated with Babook in one way uh, or another. But I would be hesitant to say that they pose no threat because they have obviously done some data leakages and they have stolen some real data. Uh, but uh, we will have to wait and see what this threat actor really is capable of. It's possible that this was just a prank, like they said, but they actually do have a lot of skills and capabilities. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so do you think like something like this affects maybe other groups that are trying to emulate you know, some, some of these more, I guess, notorious groups in the scene, or maybe even just the current players, like, you know, like are all of these guys just all pulling trolls on all of us or, you know, is this, is this the real deal? Is this like, you know, just one guy? I mean, is this affecting everyone? Like, what, what do you think? Um, I don't think it will have a large impact on ransomware groups. Uh, as this was, as, the, as much as this was a joke, other ransomware groups, they have real, uh, the real thing. They have real victims, and uh, that's what makes them succeed. You know, they infiltrate a uh, company, they steal the data, and then they threaten to expose that data. And they, they, if the company doesn't pay the ransom, they actually go ahead and expose that data. And that's what makes them reliable. Now, Groove, they have, or they had some perceived legitimacy due to its ties to RAMP. But otherwise, the group didn't really operate like regular ransomware sites. So if Groove just appeared by itself and it didn't have any relations to Ramp, I don't know if it would have gained as much traction as it did. And I don't, don't know if people would have considered them as reliable uh, as they did. Uh, and Groove, may, they may just have been one of those, it's just a prank bro type of joke. Uh, but there was some hints of realism there. So it's a very interesting thing. And uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what the, the, the specific threat actor behind Groove has in store for the future. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's one of those things like it, it's easy to kind of dismiss the whole thing as a hoax for sure. But like, you know, it takes some skills and clout to to get to where they got to, you know, so it's like it's not to say that they aren't completely unskilled. Um, yeah, I never I don't know, never underestimate the adversary until you actually know for sure that they're really not that great or, or maybe they're worse than you thought. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really good point you brought up. Um, so. Uh, and then in other bizarre news, um, we had Conti this week uh, basically kind of posting a very bizarre message on their blog. Um, 
and kind of the key points were they uh, they gave a lot of praise to the to the Daily Mail for doing some really good having some journalistic integrity. So shout out to the the Daily Mail um, for that. Uh, but then they also took aim at uh, pretty much the entire Twitterverse on the U.S. side. Um, so pretty much any journalists, and it sound, it seemed like researchers too. We'll just throw that out there. Um, basically kind of blasting them for all the things. Uh, they actually took down some data posted on their blog related to the, um, the graph breach that happened uh, last week. Um, and then on top of that, apologized to the Saudi, uh, the United Arab Emirate, and the Qatari royal families for any embarrassment they may have caused them. So um, really interesting, all of those things kind of taken into account um, because it sounds like the Daily Mail got the closest to being correct about anything that was going on with them. Um, and at the same time, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, and I know I've seen this you know, post elsewhere, so I'm not taking credit for this at all, but like, you know, the idea that if they are suddenly sort of showing some deference to, you know, royal families in, in the Gulf, uh, you know, was this due to some kind of pressure somewhere? Like maybe, um, you know, this was uh, pressure maybe from the Russian side, or was this maybe something that came from the Gulf and, and sort of like, uh, hey, by the way, you know, this is our business too. And, you know, like kind of almost like, uh, for lack of better terms, like kind of like a mafia deal, like, hey, this is our turf basically, and back off, you know, kind of thing. Like, so really curious to see how, why that played out, but it, you know, almost kind of showed that Conti is beginning to do, you know, have a degree of professionalism that's going on or some sort of code or, or ethics, uh, which I think is interesting, especially when you have, you know, we just talked about groove, like sort of, you know, being like the drunken uncle at the party, like Conti's sort of like not that guy. Uh, so just interesting to see this happening, um, especially with kind of a blue chip, you know, ransomware group like Conti, that's been pretty steadily doing a lot of work for a very long time and probably not nearly as notorious as some of the groups like Darkside or Reveal or, you know, Groove. Um, so very interesting that we got that little bit of insight just from that little snippet on the blog. Um, really curious to see how this plays out. Um, what do you guys think as far as like, you know, have you all seen any stuff in the news that you're reading? Yeah, it just goes to show you, Conti has a long history of ransomware attacks, like at least a couple of years, but it really just takes one high profile attack from, you know, like Darkseid or Revel, and they, they become the more infamous group than someone who's been at it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that Conti was a group that never made any announcements. And then now we're seeing them make a, you know, multiple announcements and being very outspoken about their operations, which shows me that they're likely uh, looking at what other ransomware, ransomware groups are doing and trying to be a little more open about, you know, what they do yeah, and how the group feels. That's fair. Yeah. So, um, and the last kind of little snippet that uh, I know Austin had found earlier in the week that was kind of interesting. Um, so I, I definitely don't want to take hundred percent credit for this, but like, um, FBI actually put out some statements um, that got picked up by a bleeping computer that um, a lot of what the reconnaissance and information gathering that's happening um, from a lot of these companies, uh, there's the big game hunters do exist and they are doing stuff like looking at, you know, different types of press releases, news about mergers and acquisitions, looking at, um, you know, a lot of your SEC filings, uh, just lots of other indicators um, kind of showing that 
there are groups out there that are doing some due diligence before they attack. So, you know, it's, and they're, they're reading the tea leaves, so to speak, by looking at a lot of different documents from a lot of different sources. Some of them are very public, um, or maybe they do have like a little bit of an insider tip on it. Um, but they did highlight a couple of cases where going back to reveal, uh, they basically were, um, looking at stock information, like, you know, through NASDAQ, um, to see basically like how ransomware was affecting stock prices, um, looking into different data uh, after like post breach um, to see what kind of level of damaging information that was there that could potentially, you know, force a victim to pay ransom. Um, and then, you know, dark side was also uh, basically open to sharing information with um, anybody that was doing any kind of trading uh, to basically, you know, short stock prices um, on a ransomware victim. So um, kind of interesting that there was, you know, some of that going on and they pinpointed a couple of other um, times when this happened. Uh, it's super interesting that, you know, that the FBI finally called that out officially and, and it kind of confirmed some of the thoughts that, you know, people in the security community had. Um, you know, of course, the FBI is, continue to say that they don't encourage paying ransoms. Um, there's already sanctions against some of these groups to begin with, and also sanctions against specific types of crypto that some of these groups are using. Um, so there's a lot of different second and third order effects too with coming to paying ransom. So, um, you know, once again, if you're in the US, you know, consult the Department of Justice and see basically like what the latest policies are. I'm sure they're gonna be mirrored elsewhere, especially like in the EU and like your, your five eyes countries, you know, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, you know, there's a lot of cooperation there. So a lot of these policies are probably very similar elsewhere. Um, but, you know, as always, the FBI recommends if you're, you know, basically a victim of these attacks to contact the local FBI field office um, or, you know, basically get in touch with law enforcement if you can. Um, also knowing that there are groups out there that will breach your information if they find out you're in touch with the law enforcement. So, you know, you're going to have to make that call. Hopefully none of you are going through ransomware. Uh, anyway, um, as we wrap up, unless um, anybody else has any comments or things from the previous stories, a um, couple of quick plugs from us. Uh, we actually have a couple of blogs out, uh, actually more than a couple. We got um, three blogs out this week. There's one that's actually highlighting the uh, ANISA 2021 threat landscape. Uh, we wrote a blog with our take on it. Some really interesting takeaways as far as around inf uh, initial access brokers, of course, ransomware, and there's uh, a couple of other interesting points that I think kind of gl glossed over in this in the study. But if you want to take a look, uh, there's some really good points we brought up there. Uh, we also have uh, something from our product folks uh, to manage your external attack surface with Searchlight, which is our digital shadows um, tool. And of course, our Q3 blog on initial access brokers. Uh, we had Chris write his take on that. Um, so go ahead and check it out. The links are here in the show notes. And then also for uh, those who do read our intelligence summaries, our, this week's is going to involve uh, some more talk about the NRA um, and the attack from grief. Um, but as always, if you've heard anything on this podcast, um, anything that you're interested in researching further, take a look at the content in the um, section below for any links and other show notes that we think you might like. And feel free to send us an email anytime. Um, and, you know, emails that, you know, let us know like what's constructive, what you'd like to hear more about, you know, compliments are always accepted. Um, definitely could use a break from the usual show and expo spam that we get. So 
Again, we thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Shadow Talk, brought to you by Digital Shadows. Shadow.